0: Just before we get in this, I want to encourage you, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 11 with me. I want to share a scripture with you. And it ties into this, but it's not really in the message, but I want to tie it into this this morning. And that whatever you're going to do for God, you have to do it with purpose. A lot of times people are believing God to do something in their life. And uh, you'll hear me share it in reference to this. You'll hear me use Bartimaeus as an example But the Lord always asks us to be specific when it comes to what you're believing for. And Sean said it during the offering. So we have on there, name your seed. What are you believing, God? What are you believing for a harvest? What are you looking for? What is your faith connected to? God is a very specific God when it comes to you and I and the exercise of our faith. He asks us to be specific. He doesn't have a problem. We think, well, I don't want to be presumptuous. I don't want to, you know, be prideful. I don't want to ask the wrong thing. And uh, But there's no way to ask the wrong thing when you're asking with a right heart amen I mean no the the Bible just says over and over that seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these all these what Things shall be added unto you. God knows you need stuff. He knows you need a house. He knows you need transportation. He knows you need food. He knows you need clothing. And so all those things. It also says in Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his only son, but freely gave him. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Amen. But when it comes down to that, uh, if you ask somebody, hey, what are you believing for? And they just said, oh, you know. Well, no, I don't. Unless you tell me, we have no idea what you're believing for. So Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was passing by, and he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the cry stopped God. The Lord stopped and said, bring him to me. But when Jesus, Bartimaeus was before Jesus, Jesus says, okay, The cry for mercy has got my attention. Now what do you want me to do for you? And it seems like that the omniscient God, the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present God would know that a blind man asking for mercy probably would be asking to see. But Jesus made him say, Jesus asked him the question, what do you want me to do? to do for you and he made him specifically say I want to see and so for you and I when it comes to what you're believing for when you come to what you're feel like God is doing be specific in your decoration and in your request I'm believing for this make it specific attach purpose to it are you with me this morning Uh, Acts chapter 11, when they heard that Antioch had received the gospel, they sent Barnabas down there. I want to read it to you out of the Amplified, the 23rd verse. When When he arrived, Barnabas arrived in Antioch and saw what grace and favor God was bestowing upon them, he was full of joy and he continuously exhorted, warned, urged, and encouraged them all to cleave unto and remain faithful to. And devoted to the Lord with resolute and steady purpose of heart. Your Bible said that He exhorted them to serve the Lord with purpose of heart. Another word, pur- purpose is specific intention. Be specific in your serving. When it comes to wh- what we're doing, many of you have heard say we're believing for $300,000 this year. We could just say, well, we're just believing for something to come in. Well, if somebody gave $5 today, that would be something. So we reached our goal. No, that's not our goal. And so our goal is is that we know what it takes to, to purchase land, to build buildings, or to buy a building, to do that. And so the Lord laid on my heart to set a goal for this year of three hundred thousand dollars. So I'm being purp I'm using this as an illustration. I'm being purposeful. That's what I'm believing for. That's my target. I know exactly what I'm shooting at. And in your life, you have to give yourself a target. If you don't have a target and you shoot, you are successful every time. You can hit what you aim at every time if you're aiming at nothing. Amen. But faith has a definite target. So make sure that you have specifics in your prayer, in your faith, and in your purpose. Amen. All right. That's just the introduction. Now we'll get down to the good stuff. Praise the Lord. I say, Pastor, why are you dressed up? And I got up this morning. I was going all through this. And I was thinking about it. I just felt like I wanted to coach this morning. This is the big game. In a few moments, we're going to watch the Super Bowl. I watched part of it. I got to be back here for Bible school and for prayer and everything else. And, uh, but, but all that, I could record it, watch the end of it later. I could care less. I have no skin in the game. I don't like either one of the teams. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And I was going to eat whether it was a game today or not. I was going to eat what I like and what I enjoy. And all that I want. Amen. Every Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday for me. Glory to God. Amen. This is my Lord's gym outfit. It doesn't mean I go there. It just means I could if I wanted to. I just feel better knowing I could. It's like health just gets on me when I realize, hey, we have a Lord's gym. Glory to God. I feel healthy just knowing that. Amen. Besides that, I have keys. I could go there when nobody's there. Man, what access I have. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Amen. Open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Father, I thank you this morning for your goodness and for your grace. Thank you for all that you desire to do in each and every one of our lives. Holy Spirit, come. Help us to lift ourselves out of the boundaries and the restrictions that life, this world, and circumstances try to place upon us. Lord, it's our desire to break out and to get into the game and to run with the purpose that you have for our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy... Chapter 32, and verses 7 through 9. Remember the days of old. Consider the years many generations. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father, and he will show you. Your elders, and they will tell you. When the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, and set boundaries of the peoples according to the number of, Of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion. (coughs) Excuse me. Is his people. Jacob is the place of his inheritance. So God is the God who sets boundaries. Amen. God establishes boundaries. If you have your Bible go with me to Acts chapter 17. And if you were like me you would have put tabs there so you could turn there easier. Acts chapter 17 And beginning in verse 23, the Apostle Paul speaking at Mars Hill... In Greece, there in Athens, and he notices all the different statues they have, and then he comes upon this one and he says, uh, For as I was passing through, verse 23, Acts 17, verse 23, as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. God, who made the world and everything in it since he is Lord of heaven and earth does not dwell in temples made with hand nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives to all life, breath and all things. come on everything you have is a gift of God Amen Look at verse 26. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell upon all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. So God appointed your time to be now. Amen. When well, we were pastor in Bieber, we had a gentleman in our church, and, and he loved doing, uh, uh, he, he was like a, a retro mountain man dude. So he, had a, he would go down to Bishop and they'd have mule days there. He had his mule and he had his own teepee and he had all of his mountain man gear and his black powder stuff. And, but but he, he wanted to be Daniel Boone. He wanted to be Jim Bridger. He wanted to be somebody other than who he was in his time. But he wasn't appointed that time. He was appointed this time. And so many people are living in another time, but you were appointed at this time. And God set your boundaries in this time. And He's the only one who can set your boundaries. And so God has appointed a boundary for your life. He's appointed purpose for your life. And He's given you this time to be here. And God wants to accomplish great things through you. This is your game. And it's time for you to get in it. Amen? Hallelujah. So watch this. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. One last scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24. Paul writes, says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Run to win. Not just to watch, but to win. Look at what he said. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body, I go to the Lord's gym by faith, someday in the future, and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. And like I say this morning, I dress in a way to encourage you, to be a coach to you, to try to inspire you this morning to believe God and believe for the purpose that He has in your life. But it does me no good just to preach if I'm not going to get in the game as well. It's one thing to tell everybody, you need to do this, you need to do that. You need to do this. I know exactly what you need to do. I'll tell you what you need to do. Well, No, you need to tell yourself sometimes. Amen. So you have to be in the game yourself. And Paul says, that's what I'm doing. I'm not just encouraging others, but I'm in this race to win. Look at the cover of your outline. Today, millions all around the world will watch the Super Bowl. They will engage as spectators of a game that others are playing to win. Think about that. We're all going to get excited, but we're just spectators. You're not in the game. You're just rooting for somebody else to win. Think about that. It will be a time filled with fun, food, excitement, and in the end, only one team will win. They will share in the excitement of the game without ever being in it. People will be all excited. People will be yelling at their... I love when my mom comes. She yells at the TV. <laughs> my mom's very vocal and very aggressive in some areas, praise the Lord. <laughs> and she'll get up and... Ah, ah, ah. She'll get after the refs, everybody, but She's just entertaining to watch. And that. Uh, Now what? So they will share in the excitement of the game without ever being in it. Think about that. Because they are restricted to the boundaries as spectators. I guarantee if anybody runs out of of the stands today and runs out on that field and tries to pick up that ball and make a goal, they're not going to be accepted. Amen? They're going to be in trouble. Because there's been boundaries set for them. And that's okay for sports. But not... Life in the kingdom. That's good for sport and everything else. But we're talking about life in the kingdom. We should never allow the circumstances of life to set boundaries for us that are less than those that God has designed for our life. No boundaries should be a slogan for us to live by. We should be willing to do what it takes to move us out of our comfort zone and into the harvest. Or in other words, it's time to get out of the stands... And onto the field. Amen? Think about that. I don't want to be excited in my walk with God. I don't want to just come to church, watch other people do it, root people on. Go get them, go get them, go get them. You shouldn't just be going, get them, Pastor. Go, Pastor. Go. No, get in the game. Come on in. It's open. Praise the Lord. There's no boundary. Be like David. Find a giant and slay it. Think about it. Or in other words, pick an obstacle big enough that it matters when you overcome it. Anybody could have puny faith, puny purpose. You don't even need God to live like that. But when God comes, God wants you to believe for great things. God asks us to do amazing things. God expands the borders of the possibilities and the purpose of our lives. Are you with me this morning? See, until we give ourselves to a cause greater than our own life... We really haven't begun to fully live. You have to live for something bigger than just the sphere of your own life. And that's what the kingdom of God gives us. God brings us into His kingdom and into His purpose. And He gives our life greater meaning. I get so tired of watching everybody protesting everything. Because they're only protesting their individual cause. The only thing that matters in life is what's important to me. Come on, live for something bigger than you. Your viewpoint, your body, because God has greater things for us. So I don't know about you, I'm ready to get in the game. Say, Pastor, I thought you were in. I am, but I'm going to get in again. Think about it. See, the cause of Christ is the greatest cause of all. He chose us and has rescued us from our dead-end lives. And once we have said yes to him, God uses us as a resource to reach others. You are God's resource to reach this world. Think about it. He loves us and proudly says, I choose you. Now I can use you. How many of you have ever we're, we're, were playing pickup game, play basketball? They do pickup game down at the gym, or you remember being in sport and you were there and you were waiting to be chosen onto a team. And the reason you wanted to be chosen, the reason you wanted to get in there, is because you wanted to play. You didn't just want to be chosen, then go sit down and say, I'm on this team. No, I want to be chosen. I want to play. I believe I have something to contribute that will cause the whole team to win. And you raise your hand, you'll be better if you pick me. You know what I'm saying. And so what God says, hey, I chose you. I picked you out of the lineup. I chose you to be on my team. And now my goal is to use you. Amen. Praise the Lord. More than that. See, any of us, uh, uh, this is a great illustration. See, I got a Lord's Gym jacket, but I'm not using the Lord's Gym. Some of us have our Christian t shirts, but we're not living by faith. Moving right along. Now, watch this. So he can use us. Get in the game. When he looks upon us, He doesn't just see our lives. He also sees the lives of others whom He desires to love and touch through us. But we have to get in the game. In the Great Commission, Matthew 28, we could read it, but for time's sake, I'll ask you to go home and read it. Jesus says, All power and authority is given unto me. Go therefore. Go into the game. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Those who believe and, and are baptized will be saved. And so he sends him. Go and make disciples. Go, guys. Go get into the game. And even think about that. Many times it makes us uncomfortable. It moves us past our comfort zone. Jesus said to his disciples, he called them in Luke chapter 10. says, come here, guys. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you power and authority over all the power of the enemy. Now go out before me and go heal the sick. Go heal the sick. I was just fishing a minute ago. And so God pushed them out beyond the boundaries of what they were comfortable in doing. And God anointed them and gave them the power to do it. Many times we let the boundaries of self-restriction keep us from getting into the game. Never allow that to happen. Think about it. No boundaries, only a harvest should be our declaration. Nothing significant is ever accomplished by a fully realistic person. How many know those people? just always, you know, well, you know, it, 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 you're just trying, to, just being realistic. Well, many times being realistic is another name for doubt. Moving right along, I won't hinder there in case you know that person, praise the Lord. So what do you have to do? You have to get out of the box or get out of the stands into the game. Get out of the box. Everything God does is unrealistic. Read your Bible. That's why people discredit the Bible. It's an unrealistic book with unrealistic deeds and unrealistic people. Thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Hear me this morning. Tradition will offer no hope for the present. And make no preparation for the future. It will always answer the same and expect the same. You have to determine, I'm not going to get caught up in traditional mass or in the culture of conformity. That's what we're being told today. You have to conform to culture. Your values are only values as long as they have conform to the culture of this day. Jesus refused to be confined to traditional mass. He refused to be confined to the conformity of the culture of his day. And he broke out and he caused the disciples to break out. And what happened was when the book of Acts says that those who have turned the world upside down have also come here. And everywhere the gospel went, it moved counter to the traditional mass of that day and to the cultural conformity of that day. Think about it. Day by day, year by year, we must try to broaden our horizons. Come on, do something to stretch yourself. I don't care how old you are. I mean, I'll be sixty-four this year. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm sixty-four? Thank you, dear. I needed to know that today. <laughs> hey, man. wait a minute! I'm sixty-four. What am I going to do? Come on, you're. You need to hear this. Look at your neighbor and tell them. Look at, everybody, everybody look at somebody and say this. You're just the right age to do something great for God. My pastor, before he went to be the Lord, every time I'd see him, he'd look at me. Oh, Don, Don. He told me this for 34 years. Don, you're just the right age to do something great for God. Hear me, you're just the right age to do something great for God. Yeah, but, you know, I don't move as good as I... I, I, I no, that's being realistic. God is unrealistic. He, uses, he does things in a way that He gets glory through our lives. Are you with me this morning? Come on, I'm trying to get you in the game. See, progress in every age results only from the fact there are some men and women who refuse to believe that what they know to be right cannot be done. Amen. That means you move past what everything real says, and you believe that God is able to do it anyway. Amen. I love that. It's important to know that the rules, to know the rules, but also to break them. Some. (laughs) This is the only way to take the lid off of life and enlarge your borders. Jesus was a lid lifter who challenged those who followed him to live by faith, and he came looking for faith. In Matthew chapter 8. The centurion comes to Jesus. Jesus has all his disciples. He has crowds of people following him. And yet, this one man, a Roman soldier, military leader, comes to him, a centurion and, and a captain of over 100 men. And he says to him, uh, Lord, my servant is dying, and if you will speak the word, he will be healed. Jesus said, What? And he turns around and looks. He says, I haven't found faith like this in all of Israel. When he says, I haven't found, means he was looking for it. And so, now why? because of traditional mass and cultural conformity, his disciples couldn't see how to walk in faith, and they couldn't perceive what was happening around them, and so they were restricted. And a man outside of their culture and outside of their tradition said, I get it, you don't even have to come to my house. Just speak the word, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, now that's faith. And that man received a miracle for his servant. And how many know that that is against reality? That somebody in another place could speak a word and that person would be raised up the moment that he spoke it. Come on, you have to break out of reality. Amen? And don't allow traditional mass and culture conformity to rob you of your faith. So think about it. The men and women who build the future are those who know that greater things are yet to come. And that they themselves will help bring them about. The blazing sun of hope illumines their mind. They never stop to doubt. They don't have the time. I love that. Come on, we can think about all the reasons you can't do something. I said it in first service. I think about it all the time. I, I think, God, well, you know there's restrictions here. It's expensive in El Dorado County, all this and all that, blah, 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 blah. And then I go down to Sacramento, or I look around our county, and I see what God's done for other ministers. And I say, God, you did it there. I believe you could do it again. I believe you could do it for us. We can think of the restrictions, or we could believe God for the possible. Amen? Hallelujah think about it be involved in something bigger than you God has never yet had an unqualified worker and in Matthew 20 I want you to think about this Jesus goes out he says the kingdom of God is like this the kingdom of heaven is is like this he says, uh, a man had a vineyard and he went out at the beginning of the day and began to hire workers to work in his vineyard and he agreed with them at the beginning of the day that they would give them a denarius for a day's wages and so they all agreed they went out into the field out into the field and then at the 11th hour he went out and he found some people standing by the side he says why are you standing here he said well nobody has hired me he says I hire you go into the field and when it's over I will pay you what is right And so even up to the last moment, Jesus was looking. He was refusing to let people be spectators. His goal is to get everybody into the game. So it means it's never too late. Maybe you've been waiting for 11 hours. Maybe you've been waiting for 11 years. Maybe you've been waiting for a long time to get in the game. But this is the time to say yes to God and His purpose. Amen? Never too late to get in. Be in mind... Be... Excuse me. Be a mind through which Christ thinks, a heart through which Christ heals, a voice through which Christ speaks, and a hand through which Christ heals. Amen? And helps. Think about it. In order for us to defend what we really believe, we will have to live it. Especially today. Come on, casual Christianity won't get it done today. We're going to have to be people of conviction and stand for what you believe. I don't like all the rioting. I don't like all the, all, all the demonstrations and all that stuff. But you know what, something? I respect their convictions. Amen. You tell Christ, come on, we're going to go march for Christ. Well, I don't want to make a spectacle of myself. Okay. Then let the devil do it. Glory to God. Amen. People say, well, you know, it, 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 even with Muslims. We talk a lot about Muslim faith stuff. People believe in what they, they believe in what they believe in enough to die for it. That's what, that's what turned the world upside down. Early Christians believed in God with enough conviction to die for Him. And that's what it means to get in the game. Put everything on the line. Amen? That's like saying, I want to play football, I just don't want to get hit. <laughs> I want to box. I just don't want to get hit. Amen. Well, take up croquet. Hallelujah. (laughs) You can't be in a contact sport. Christianity is a full contact sport. Let me just put you like this. You have an adversary. His goal, the devil. The devil has one goal in this game of life. That's to take everybody he can to hell. And he's against you. And if you're not going to fight, he's going to come against you. And until you fight back. Come on. The best defense is a good offense. They say defense wins championship. Well, you can defend through the whole game. Pretty soon you're going to have to score. So the best defense is a good offense. And so while you're defending, you also have to be pressing forward and scoring. Amen? Are you with me? So think about it. All that is necessary to break the spirit of inertia and frustration is this. Act as if it were impossible to fail. I love that. Act as if it were impossible to fail. Or, in other words, just believe in winning. Somebody say that. Just say this with me. I can can. win. Amen. Amen. I can win. God's made me a winner and an overcomer. See, the best way to overcome any failure is to do an about-face that turns you from failure to success. Look at what Jesus, look at David. David should have given up the kingdom. What did he do? He commits adultery. He murders the man's husband, the woman's husband, and all that stuff. He's a complete failure, and yet God wouldn't allow him to be a failure or to remain a failure. Amen. God doesn't allow our failures to overcome us. He redeems us out of failure and puts us back on his path to purpose in our life. Think about the woman caught in adultery, even where people are there literally caught and they're ready to stone her. And Jesus just says, woman, I don't condemn you. Now rise and go forward. He didn't let let her stay there, but he helped her do an about faith and do a turnaround and move on to her purpose. Somebody ought to shout amen. He does the same thing in our life. One of the greatest pleasures you can discover is doing what people say you can't do. I love it. People say, well, how are you going to do that? I don't know. I'm just going to believe God. See what happens. Let's just do that. Let's believe God in every area of our life. Never let anything or anyone set boundaries for your life that are less than those set by God. Only the one who created you can reveal what your limitations are. And He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. Amen. Anybody feel like sticking your head through a wall yet? Okay, I'll keep going. I'll get you there. Amen. Watch this. See, know your limits and then ignore them. Know your limits and then ignore them. Why? Listen to this. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 1. Watch this. How many know when the Lord appeared to Moses, Moses started telling God his limits? How many know God didn't listen? Said, no, you're my man. You're going to be the deliverer. I'm sending you. I'm not picking anybody else. I chose you and I'm going to send you. Amen? Most go, but I got all these limitations. I got all these problems. I can't do this. I can't do that. And God refused to listen to his limitations. And see, in your life, in my life, many times we disqualify ourselves by setting boundaries around ourselves that God, He knows about your limitations, He knows about your inabilities. That's why He chooses to use you, because when He uses you, and through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then He gets glory for what He does to your life. Amen. Think about it. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, listen to it out of the Amplified Bible. But you shall receive power, listen to this, ability, efficiency, and might. Yeah, but I have limitation. But God said, the Lord said, I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost. And when you receive Him, you're going to receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. How many know there's no limitations to the ends and the very bounds of the earth? There's no limitation what God can do through your life. I was excited last year when I got to tell you that we gave over, a, our church gave over $100,000 to missions last year. I'm excited about that. Amen. We go, well, how does a little church like that give so much money away? Because we're a people who believe that God said to give, and it shall be given unto you. So when people say, hey, can you help? Yeah, we're going to give. Yeah, we could help. We'll do that. And God makes it happen. Glory to God. Amen. Well, we should be careful. No, we should be full of faith. Amen. Know your limits and then ignore them. Get in the game. Life is too short to think small. Do as one man said, march off the ramp. Amen. Just go ahead. Most people could do more than they think they can, but they usually do less. You never know what you can do until you try. In other words, just say, hey, coach, give me the ball. Hey, God, give me a chance. Throw the pass to me. I'll catch it. I'll run with it. Come on. I'm in the game. I agree with Oscar Wilde who said, moderation is a fatal thing. Nothing succeeds like excess. Amen. Be excessive in your faith. Have excess faith. Stir it up. Believe. Lift your boundaries up. What do you believe? Well, you know, I I'd I, 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 I one person tell me, well, you know, I just don't have many needs. I don't need that much. Well, start believing for somebody else. Believe that God would use you and that He would use you to be a blessing to others. That God would multiply you in such a way that you would have more than enough and could be liberal and generous in every area in so many ways. See, everything is possible. Never use the word never. Amen. When a man puts a limit on what he will do, he has to put a limit on what he can do. You say, well, I don't know if I could do that. Then you just limited what you could do. He will never get into the game with that idea. J.A. Holmes said this never tell a I love this. Never tell a young person that something cannot be done. God may have been waiting for centuries for somebody ignorant enough to the impossible to do that thing. Amen. We've been educated in the impossible. That's not possible. You couldn't do that. Be careful. Don't do that. Oh, no. And and we've been educated in confinement and restriction and boundaries. And then somebody comes along and just believes they just haven't been influenced by traditional math and cultural conformity. And they believe God can still do the impossible. Amen? Think about it. If we don't value our dreams, we can rest assured that the world will never raise the price on them. Nobody's going to raise the price on your dreams. They're not just coming along and saying, man, that's valuable. That means that great leaders are rarely realistic by other people's standards. We determine the value we see in life and in ourselves. So hear me this morning. Believe. Just believe. Believe. You have a pastor, you don't know what I'm up against. It doesn't matter. Believe God anyway. Believe God. Think about it. Look at. look at. I always love it. Why did Jesus feed the multitudes? What's the purpose of feeding, what's the purpose of feeding 5,000 people? Men, plus women and children. Over 10,000 people actually, probably closer to 15,000 people out of five loaves and two fishes. What's the purpose in that? Was he just showing off? Did he just look at the disciples and say, hey, check it out. Look what I can do. Was God doing that? No. He was breaking them out of the mindset of what's realistic versus what's possible in God. Amen. I love it in John chapter 6 when he asked Philip, he said, Philip, let's feed the multitude." And Philip said, man, there's no place to buy bread. We don't have enough money to buy it to feed everybody. We couldn't do it. And the Bible says that he was testing Philip because he already knew what he was going through. To do one of the most powerful verses. You get that. Jesus knows God knows what He's going to do. When you sense God stirring something in your heart, that's like for me. I've purpose. I'm gonna be one of a hundred that's gonna be three thousand. I I have targets to what I'm doing. I'm gonna be one of this year. I'm giving three thousand dollars beyond my tithes and my offering. I'm believing God. I have purpose in my faith. I have an arrow, I'm believing God in other things we're doing. I'm believing God. You have to have a target and be purposeful. Amen. Allow God to move that, because God already knows what He's going to do. Me go, well, I don't know where it's going to come from. If God starts putting something in me, He already knows what He's going to do. The only thing He's asking is for you to believe and agree. God says, I want to reach El Dorado County. I want to do great things. We're praying for all this stuff. Then just start believing. Start declaring. Shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. Watch it? See, living with no boundaries means that the answer to our future is. Lies outside of the confines of what we have right now. In other words, live outside the boundaries and go where you have never gone before. Live for the harvest. Grab a towel. Get in the game. Come on. We can do this. Amen? And I need the worship team to come back. God always tells us to ask for the mountain. God always tells us to ask Him for the mountain. I put it up the other day, and posted it, that while many are asking God to move the mountain, God is waiting for those with the spirit of Caleb who will rise up and say, God, give me my mountain. See, men tell them, God, could you move this? God, God, give me the faith to conquer that. I'm going to press through that. I'm going to overcome that. Amen. Give me the victory over that. Let me fight. I I love one of my favorite accounts is Jonathan and his armor bearer. When the Philistines are camped against him and they're fighting. And Jonathan, just a crazy guy. And he rides up. He says to his armor bearer, hey, come on and go with me. He says, where are we going to go? Well, we're going to go see uh, what the Philistines are up to. And we're going to challenge them to a fight. Armor bearer goes, just you and me? Yes, you and me. Okay, let's go. And so he goes with him and says, this is what's going to happen. He says, we're going to call out to them. And if they say, come on down here, we know that God's given us the victory. You and me are going to go whoop all of them if they say, come down here. But if they say, wait there, we'll be right there, we know God hasn't done that. And the armor bearer says, okay, cool, do everything that's in your heart. See, sometimes you just need one other crazy person to agree with you. Not a majority. Did you get that? And so, just two crazy people got together and said, man, let's believe God. And two people won a victory against a great adversary. God gave them the victory because they refused to be conformed by traditional math. You have to have more numbers than your enemy, by by, by cultural conformity. They refused to be restricted by boundaries of unbelief. They refused to be realistic. They just said, let's, let's go see what God will do through our lives. And God gave them a great victory. He says, Believe for the mountain. Think about it. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Matthew, or in Luke chapter 18, is the story of the rich young ruler. And he comes to Jesus. He says, Lord, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, Well, you know the commandments. You know what's written in the law and the prophet. Do those, man, I've done all that from my youth. And Jesus says, Well, you have a problem. You have way too much trust and confidence in your money. You lack one thing. So go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. So Jesus offers a man apostleship many people believe we read about Barnabas in Acts chapter 11 many people believe that this was actually Barnabas the son of consolation and later that he came you read in the book Acts that he came and and gave an offering of his possessions to, to the apostles and stuff and then he goes on serving the Lord and I actually believe that the Lord was offering him Judas's place it's my personal interpretation That knowing that Judas would fail and knowing what was coming, that he was offering Barnabas that place. And they would have never had to cast lots for Matthias. How many know what I'm saying? But But that apostleship was offered to him. But because he had too much trust in his natural resources. He had been shaped by traditional mass thinking and cultural conformity. He couldn't believe God. And Jesus later said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. He says, nobody has forsaken me and given up anything for me that it will not be multiplied back to them in this life. Because God never asks for a seed that he does not intend to bring a harvest out of. Amen? God always multiplies what we sow. Are you with me this morning? Praise the Lord, I'm going to stick my head through a wall whether you want to go with me or not. Amen. Watch that. Watch that. To believe an idea is possible is to make it so. Consider how many fantastic projects have been miscarried because of tiny thinking or have been strangled in their birth by cowardly imaginations. Never say never. Never is a long, undependable thing and life is too full of rich possibilities to have restrictions placed on it. Gloria Swanson, what an amazing statement. She remembered that somebody is always doing what somebody else said couldn't be done. Amen. Why not dare to break out of the limited boundaries and think unthinkable thoughts? What have you been thinking lately? Come on, just pray. Say, God, give me some unthinkable thoughts. Lord, help me stretch my boundaries. Help me get out beyond just this traditional mass and just being confined to being a spectator. I don't want to root for other people to win. I want to be in the game. Amen? Hallelujah. Think about it. Develop an infinite capacity to ignore what others think can't be done. Don't just grow where you're planted. Bloom and bear some fruit. Think about this. No one can predict what heights we can soar to except God. And He doesn't tell until we try. I never imagined God would use me to do anything. I just hoping I could get saved. And yet I went to church just being a mess. I said, Lord, I sure hope You'll save me. I sure hope You'll accept me. But then I felt God stirring things in my life. I never imagined I would have the opportunity that I have. But God's the one who sets our boundaries and defines our purpose. I just want to tell you, there is more in you that God has purposed and set for your life. His boundary for you is beyond anything you've been able to imagine. Amen. And besides that, you're just the right age to do something great for God. The main thing we do is we talk ourselves out of step because we haven't got started yet. Amen. Come on, if you're still sucking air, you're still a candidate for God to do something great through your life. Amen. Just put your hand up in front of your neighbor's mouth. Make sure they're breathing. Okay, if you feel air flowing, they're a candidate for greatness in God. Amen. If not, let us know. We'll call 911. Watch it. Listen to this poem. There's no thrill in easy sailing when skies are clear and blue. There's no joy in merely doing things that any man can do. But there is some satisfaction that is mighty sweet to take when you reach a destination that you thought you would never make. What a great little poem. Amen. Think about God, how do you get here? How did you do that? I never thought that would happen. I never, I got, I've been all over the world preaching the gospel. you got to be kidding me. It's crazy. I remember being in Denmark. I got to sing on TV in Denmark. They let me sing on TV in Denmark you got to be kidding me. And then the people said, hey, would you, uh," we go back and they say, hey, give your testimony. I said, I can't believe that I'm here. When I look at my life and, and, and I look through, I never saw this in my life. But God doesn't look through your eyes. He looks through His purpose. He's the one who set the boundaries for your life. Are you listening to me this morning? If He can just get you out of the stand and into the game. How many want to get in the game today? Glory to God. I'm ready. Amen. Let's just go outside and run into each other. (laughs) See, when it comes to reaching the lost, preaching the gospel and sharing with others what Christ has done for us, there are no boundaries to the possibilities or the opportunities available to do so. As the body of Christ, we're the ones who've been reached. And it's up to us to never drift away from this top priority of God what's God's priority what's the game all about those who have not yet been reached El Dorado County is full of people who haven't been reached let me help you take your Christianity to another level we're always going to try to preach something minister to you in a way that encourages you but we want you to take that encouragement and go share it with somebody else because if you're coming and you're just needing all the time you can get discouraged because I'm good but I'm not that good I mean, you know what I'm saying? After a while, you just get to, well, I've heard everything Pastor had to say. And you start looking for something new because it's all about you. It's not in giving out. The greatest thing to do is just start giving out. Just start giving out. Just start giving out. God, I got that. Man, that's good. I got to go tell somebody that. Man, if you get one thought today, go share it with somebody. It'll scare them. Are you with me? Come on. His harvest field is filled with salt. We must be willing to let those who don't know we must not be willing to let those who don't know Jesus get away would you stand with me this morning you might be here today and maybe you have salvation boundaries maybe there's been something set around your life Maybe your boundary has been, you know, I don't really have to go all out for God. I just need to believe in Him. I don't really have to live for Him fully. Just believing in God is enough. And you set a boundary to define your salvation that's less than what Christ died for you to have. Full life. Full joy. Full peace. Walking in His purpose. Maybe you've had salvation boundaries around your life. Maybe there's been things that happened that kept you just from saying yes to the Lord with all of your heart. Today, God wants to break those boundaries off of your life. Today, God wants you in his game. He's choosing you because he knows that he wants to use you. He has purpose for your life. If he can save me and use me, he can use you. Maybe you have healing boundaries in your life. Maybe there's been something, and I hear this a lot. Come on, when it comes to healing, when it comes to sickness and disease, you held in your hands today the body, the representation of the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that declared by His stripe, you were healed. He took your sickness and your infirmity upon Him. Traditional culture and traditional mass and cultural conformity has diminished the healing power of God. Maybe you've had healing boundaries set upon your life, and now we're just accepting this. And this is a part of my life. And I'm just asking God to give me grace to endure. Jesus didn't die for you to have grace to endure sickness. He died to redeem you from physical sickness and disease. Amen. And he sends us out to go lay hands on the sick, declaring that these signs of fall of believer, they'll lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. Today we'll break those boundaries. Maybe you've had a boundary in saying yes to the call of God in your life. Maybe it's been because of your path. Maybe you felt like you've made too many mistakes and failures. Maybe you just feel like God can't use you. Maybe it's been words spoken over you. But today we're breaking those boundaries. So I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads. Just.